Well, uh, welcome to you. It's Mother's Day. Uh, how many mothers do we have? Raise your hand if you're a mom. Yeah, happy Mother's Day. Fantastic. Thank you for being moms. Moms rock. I had a had a mom pull me aside in between our services, and uh, today, today, sorry, today we're going to be talking about priorities. We're going to be talking about priorities and having weird priorities. And I had a mom pull me aside in between services, and she said, "Being a mom is all about priorities." And she gave me this look, like you should know what that means. I just kind of nodded and said, "I guess." Okay, all right. So, Happy Mother's Day. This seems to fit apparently very well with being a mom. Moms, you have to have priorities, right? So we are going to be talking about. Uh, priorities and what priorities mean, kind of where they come from, and, and looking at priorities. We've been traveling through the sermon series on being weird, right? Being weird. And uh, uh, this comes from being Christians and from, from the rest of the world looking at us and saying, whoa, these Christian people are pretty weird. They do weird things. They have weird values. They use their money weird. They have weird priorities. And so we've been walking through this process of looking at what makes us weird, what makes us weird and different, right? And so you've got the visual of that which is normal, and we as Christians, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, uh, you are called to be weird, different, and unique, right? We talked about uh, uh, normal. It, it, when we talk about being normal, normal and those who live normal lives, those who are just part of the pack, who act normal, who live and, and behave normally, uh, often their behaviors in their life ends up in brokenness. It ends up in destruction. I was just talking uh, yesterday with a friend of mine who said, you know what? We were talking about finances. And he said, you know what? This weird series, this makes sense to me because it's normal to be broke. It's normal to be broke. Like that's what's normal for our world. And, and it's really weird. It's really different if you're not. I mean, it's really different. It's really weird. So normal, when we behave and act and, and live normal, it tends to uh, arrive at points of destruction, points of despair, points of pain and suffering. What's interesting is that when we embrace our weirdness, when we embrace that which God has done to make us different, God has done to make us unique, when we embrace God's plan, God's purposes, when we begin to live and act weird according to God's way, we discover that weirdness has a lot of life and vitality to it. A lot of life and vitality. And so we've been taking these weeks to examine both what it means, that the dangers of being normal, and the opportunities, the life that happens when we embrace being weird, right? Okay, and we, we spent a little time examining how our weirdness stems from our holiness. Now, for those of you who remember, uh, shout it out. What does holiness mean? Okay, Pastor Bob remembered. Did anyone else remember? <laughs> he heard the sermon three times, so I'm glad. Uh, thank you. Supportive guy. 
What a guy. So yes, it means set apart. It means set apart that God came into our world. God came into our world and he took people and he, and he looked at what was normal and he said, I'm going to take people and I'm going to choose them, claim them, make them my own. I'm going to set them apart and I'm going to have them start living according to these really weird ways. I'm going to start having them live really weird. I'm going to set them apart from what's normal and I'm going to set them apart from my plans, my purposes, and my design for them and for the world as a whole. Our weirdness stems from a gracious God who has come close to us and claimed us as his children, a God who showed up and says, I love you, I make you mine, and I'm setting you apart to live a different, unique, a weird kind of life. Well, that brings us to today. Today we're going to be examining priorities. Priorities. Uh, I can be honest with you, this is a big conversation uh, it is a complicated conversation, and, and as I began prepping and thinking and praying about all this priority stuff, I can't do priorities justice in this short amount of time that I have, okay? So I'm going to ask for some grace. Uh, what I've done is boiled it down, boiled it off, and gotten down to something really practical that I hope will be very helpful for you, just some practical understanding around weird versus normal priorities. I understand there's more to be said, but we're going to focus on today just kind of practical, nitty-gritty, simple approach to priorities, okay? So here's the first thing I did. I Googled it. I Googled priorities, and this is the definition that Google came up with. A priority is a thing that is regarded as more important than another. Something that is more important than another thing. And I, I, I figured that's a pretty good priority. You know, that's a pretty good definition for priority. Something where you are, you are, you are definitively saying, this is important. I value this. This is good. This is important. I value this. And I'm going to make it more important than another. And I began thinking about this and stewing on this. And this is what I found out when I began looking at kind of underneath. This is what I arrived at. Priorities reveal values. And actions reveal priorities. What I mean by that is this. Simple example for you. Uh, I, I value reading. This is why this is important, connecting values and actions to priorities. I value reading. At least I say I value reading. And so I, I want to prioritize reading. However, if you look at my actions, you'll find that I'm actually maybe not as dedicated in my reading as I wish I was, as I claim to be. I say that I value it, but sometimes what happens is that between our value and our actions, there's this gray area, and, and, and they don't always link up, okay? And so what happens is we need to understand, we need to recognize that in order to understand your priorities, you have to see the connection between value and your actions. Priorities, values, actions, they're all interconnected. It's this web, and they're interconnected. Another way to look at it is like this. What you value greatest, you will prioritize greatest. And what you prioritize greatest will lead you to your greatest actions. Okay? Simple example for you. Uh, I value having a six-pack. You can't see it, but let's just say that it's there. If I value, yes, that's, if I value a six-pack, and that's really something I value as greatest, now you're all going to be looking on Facebook, I've got to go back and delete all my pictures, 
<laughs> we'll go on with grace. Okay. If you value having a six-pack and you, you say, I value that, I'm going to prioritize that, what do you got to do? Well, it's going to lead you to hitting the gym every day. Right? I mean, that's what your action will be in order to... Pri- if you're actually going to prioritize having a six-pack, washboard abs, you're going to hit the gym. Your actions... If you value that, your actions will reaffirm and, 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 and follow through on that priority. Your values and your actions are connected to your priorities. The same is true in the reverse for what you value least. This is why it's important. What you value least, you will prioritize least. And what you prioritize least will lead to your least action or the least amount of action. You know this in your work life. If you have a work life and you got a to-do list, right? You have a number one on your to-do list and you prioritize that as the greatest thing. You've got the most value associated with that priority. And, and it necessarily means that there are other things you won't get to on your to-do list. Because you're prioritizing, this is the greatest, you have to necessarily prioritize other things as being least. The reason this is important is because of this basic principle. Priorities come at a cost. Intrinsic. Naturally, to every priority. When you establish a priority, you are saying, I am valuing this, I am prioritizing this, I'm lending my actions towards this, which means that other things, other things will not be prioritized. They will not be They will not get done. They will not happen. Naturally, within the understanding of a priority you have, I prioritize this at the cost of something else. Okay? So when you ask yourself, what are my priorities? You have to understand, you have to acknowledge the fact that you are having, you are incurring a cost. This is where normal and weird diverge. This is where normal behavior, what's normal, the rest of the flock, what they do with their priorities and how they approach priorities is going to be different than how, if you're a Christian, you're called to be weird, called to be different. We live and we approach our priorities differently. This is how it kind of boils down. Again, this is general, generally speaking, but it's practical. Normal behavior is to prioritize the self prioritize the self regardless of the cost to oneself ironically or the cost to others normal behavior what's normal in our world is to focus on my thoughts my feelings my emotions what's going on in my head and what's going on in my life and it's normal to act according to those priorities of what's going on within me that is what's normal. Uh, give you an example. Um, uh, addictions. Uh, gambling addiction, uh, pornography, uh, drugs, drinking. If you're in a situation where you are faced with addiction or you know someone is, uh, you understand this is, this is how, this is the temptation, how it relates to priorities. A person who is in that situation is prioritizing the rush. They're prioritizing the, the jump. They're prioritizing their feelings and their thoughts and the immediacy of what, what they're experiencing 
over and against the cost to their family, even to themselves, in their physiology, physically, mentally, emotionally. There's a cost to those things. There is a cost. And the person who is in that situation and embrace it, who makes that the priority, is saying, I'm willing to pay that cost to myself and to others for this. I'm willing to prioritize this. That's normal. That's what's normal. Uh, another example for you would be in uh, marriage or in relationships. Um, I can speak with some credibility on this. Uh, if you've ever had an argument, right? You had that argument and things are building, things are escalating, and you get to that, that point where you know just the right thing to say, and oh, you want to say it. Huh? Seriously, you know the zinger. You're just like waiting. Just, and you, you just want to throw it out there and stick it and grind it, right? Okay, is this like pastoral confession here or what? No one else experiences that? Are you serious? Come on, you've all been there. That's what's normal. What happens is that we face these temptations and we're faced with this decision, this moment where we have to look at our priorities and say, boy, man, I'm feeling really angry. I'm feeling really mad here. And man, I would love to just to throw that zinger right back at you. Right? Regardless of the cost to our relationship, regardless of the cost to their self-esteem, to their feelings, to what they're experiencing, regardless of the cost and how that even might impact me and my life, regardless of the cost, I'm prioritizing the self myself that's what's normal that's what's normal another example for you uh it's mother's day so i had to work kids into this right how many of you moms have ever had a situation where your kid you're at the grocery store you know where i'm going with this already i just need to say like grocery store and kid and you're like yes i've had that where the kid throws the tantrum at the grocery store right how many of you have had that how many of you have seen that and or witnessed that? That's okay. Everybody can raise your hands because you've all seen that, right? You've all seen that where the kid, uh, they do this strategically at grocery stores. They place the giant candy bars, the big snicker, king-sized, right there. And the kid walks by and, oh. Right? And that's all they can feel. That's all that they can think about. And they're so, they are zoned in on that. And I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. And they go ballistic, right? Now, you as a parent walk up to this. What are you feeling as a parent? Go ahead, shout out. What are you feeling? Okay, none of you have experienced this. All right, well, we'll just go. My goodness. Oh, all right, you're making me work this morning, aren't you? All right. Well, I, I will say what I, I'm not even a parent yet, but I feel for them. I've just seen it. You've been there with like the kids doing the thing and the parents there and the cashiers just trying not even to look just like as fast as they can. Right? And I'm, I'm in the back just like looking like, wow, look at those magazines. Like, great. You know, I'm feeling embarrassed. I feel ashamed. I feel embarrassed for them. I'm, I mean, I'm red in the face. I don't know what to do. I feel embarrassed. I imagine that they feel stressed. They feel frustrated. They feel angry. They're, they're feeling embarrassed too. Because there's all these other people looking at their kid throwing a tantrum. In that moment, 
what's normal is to prioritize the self. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling embarrassed. And so my natural reaction as a parent is to do one of two things. The first thing is to say, well, you want the kid to shut up, right? And so what do you do? Shut up! Stop talking! And you come down really hard on them, right? You come down with a heavy hand. And the other way, the other way to do it is, 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 to, is to say, here, take it. Let me pacify you. That's what's normal, is to prioritize the self and either come down heavy-handed or to pacify them. And, and what's really happening there is that you are prioritizing your embarrassment and your feelings and your shame. And what you don't realize is that it comes at a cost. The cost of coming down, if you come down on them, is, is you know, your relationship suffers with this child. Their feelings are hurt. They suffer your image to them as a parent. It, it, there's a cost. And, and yet, if you, if you pacify them, it's the same thing. They don't learn boundaries. And, they, and, 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 and then they start to trigger, and they know, oh, I want this. If I throw a tantrum, I'll get this. That must work in life. So there's a cost to teaching them that. That's what's normal in behavior. That's what's normal in priorities. To focus on and to, to, to prioritize the self. The self. Now, thank goodness there's a different way to do this. You could be weird. You can be weird. Weird behavior is to prioritize the other regardless of the cost to oneself. It is to prioritize the other regardless of the cost to oneself. Let's jump back to, remember we're in this relationship, you got a co-worker, you have a spouse, and, and you're just, and it's getting more and more tension is rising, right? And you want to throw the zinger, and you're right, right there, and you're ready, and you want. It's very weird to take that moment and to prioritize the other person, what they're thinking what they're feeling, what they are experiencing. It's weird to look at them and to prioritize them at the cost to oneself. Because I got to swallow that, 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 that zinger I want to throw. I got to swallow it. I don't want to. I mean, I got I to swallow pride and I got to act in humility. And there's a cost there. If I choose to prioritize them, their well-being, and our relationship, it comes at a cost which incurs to me and myself where I don't get what I want. But the relationship survives and thrives. I mean, this goes so far as what happens if they throw the zinger first. They're throwing the first verbal punch. It's weird in that moment to prioritize the other and turn the other cheek. Let it come. And it hurts and there's pain. 
And rather than react with anger and frustration, rather than react and prioritize myself, you prioritize the other. And you forgive them. And you love them. You prioritize the other. That's weird. That's weird. Or the kid. The kid's screaming and yelling. And you're embarrassed and you're angry and you're frustrated and you're stressed and people are looking at you and you're trying to... All you wanted was to get groceries. What's weird is in that moment is to look at your child and say, I love you. I see that you're upset. I hear that you want the candy bar. But because I'm prioritizing you for you and for your well-being... We will not be getting a candy bar. For you and your good, I am not going to buy the candy bar for you. Because I value you and I love you and I'm going to prove it with my actions. I am prioritizing you and your well-being. I'm willing to endure the shame. I'm willing to endure the embarrassment. I'm willing to endure the yelling. Because I'm prioritizing you. Then you quick grab their hand and run out the door. (laughs) I'm just being honest. That's what happens, right? But that's what it is. That's what prioritizing the other actually means and looks like. The Bible says it this way. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Philippians 2.4. Again, in 1 Corinthians, do not seek your own advantage, but the advantage, that of the other. You know, the Bible is just riddled with examples of of prioritizing someone else, prioritizing the other. Here are a couple of quick ones I came off the top of my head. Uh, The prophets. Um, Prophets are these holy guys that God talks to and says, hey, for the benefit of my people, for the benefit of what I'm doing in this world, for the benefit of my plan and for others, I'm going to give you a message to give to them. So I want you to stay focused on them and prioritizing them, regardless of the cost to you. Now, I've got to be honest with you. Being a prophet was not like a job you want to sign up for. God asks you to prioritize another. And what happened to the prophets? They got stoned. One of them got thrown in a hole. He's just hanging out in a hole, trying to preach to people from the bottom of a hole. I mean, you've maybe even heard of, uh, how many of you have heard of John the Baptist? Okay, fair number of you. Uh, John the Baptist is regarded as the last major prophet. He prioritized God's people. He prioritized the other. What was the cost of John the Baptist prioritizing, prioritizing others? What happened to him? Shout it out. Yeah. Yeah, he died. Cut off his head. He was beheaded. You see, John the Baptist was so committed to this understanding that the priority is for the other that he was willing to sacrifice his own life. That's how dedicated he was to his priorities. This is what it means. It means that throughout history, God's people, those of you who are set apart and weird, and that's you. If you're listening right now, it's you. If you're online right now, that's you. If you're in the room right now, that's you. Throughout history, God's people are called to prioritize the well-being of others ahead of themselves. Why? Because 
Because that is what God has done for you. That is what God has done for you. You see, God prioritizes you. He values you. You see, God loves you so much. God has so much in store for you. God is so dedicated to you. God values you so much. He prioritizes you and your well-being. Regardless of the cost to God's own self. For the Son of Man came not to, not to be served, but to serve. To put others first. To prioritize the well-being of his people. Of you. Regardless of the cost to himself. Regardless of the fact that he had to die upon a cross. You see, Jesus, God, prioritized you. And he gave his life as a ransom for many for you. You see, we are weird. We are different. We are different. We are weird because we know, we understand. Christ prioritizes you above all else. And he's willing to pay any cost for it. If you want to be weird you want to learn more about this Christian life and what does it mean and, and you're sick and tired of what's normal and you want to be weird, ask yourselves, what are my priorities? In light of what God has done for me, in light of how God has prioritized me, what are my priorities? I'll leave you with that for today. Let us pray. Gracious and everlasting God, we believe and we trust that you have indeed prioritized us, those in this room, those who have ears to hear and hearts to receive, that you have prioritized us at the cost of your own life. And for that, we say thank you. For that, we worship you. We ask in the same way that you would give us the strength, that you would give us the courage, that you would give us the empowerment to live in a similar fashion where we prioritize the well-being of others at work, at home, that we as a church body would prioritize others. Give us hearts and give us faith to walk in this calling of being weird. Thankful that you have chosen to prioritize us. We pray all of this in your name, praying together the way that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be